Here we are, back again on another episode of Vintage and Stuff, about to embark on a banter adventure with my guy, Sean Flynn of Monarch Studios, hailing from the great city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Sean was on the show way back two years ago in the middle of the pandemic, where we were really talking about the genie shirt, the big sale on the genie shirt. My, how far we've come from those days. Now, this is a good one. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of laughs on this episode. I'll say that. I had a lot of laughs on this episode. And we kind of go on a weird here and there organic timeline of stories and thoughts and processes as you do on a podcast. We just let the, 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 the conversation flow, as you will. I didn't really even have a lot of notes for him. I asked him some really off-the-cuff questions in this one, so stay tuned for that. But quick uh, 411 on my boy Sean. He had a store that closed right around COVID and he open is opening up a new store this month, a massive 6,000 square foot store in Pittsburgh, PA. And uh, he's been working on it for a year and a half. How, how can you be working on a store for a year and a half? Well, I asked him in this episode and he also tells us how he's been able to sustain the business for that long. He is a staple in the vintage community in Pittsburgh, PA, just a good guy, has a great outlook on life. So that's all I'm going to leave you with. Without further ado, Sean Flynn, Monarch Studios. Stoked to have you back on the show, dude. It's you were on the show, if you remember back when we were talking about the stupid genie shirt. Oh yeah, yeah. And I had I had you on, and we talked about the genie, and the, 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 that at that point it was like fresh. That sale was the number one sale at the time. The hot topic. The hot topic. So, what is that shirt selling for now? You are super up on your prices. I know you. Hundred bucks. Like. <laughs> Like, what would I pay for it if someone brought it in the shop? I'd well, what, what would you what would you put on for your price tag? I like, I don't know. I figure it's still a thousand dollar shirt, right? Nine hundred, thousand. Okay, cool. I figure. I mean, I'm not like. Here's the reality. Just like anything else, it's whatever someone's willing to pay for it and whatever your market is. So, what I think I could sell it at is a thousand dollars, personally. But someone else may be able to sell it for three and someone can sell it for a hundred bucks, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, a lot has changed since since back then. How long ago was that? Like that was like two and a half two years. years? Two, two and a half years. Yeah, a lot. It's crazy, man. We knew though. Wait, we knew. Like we still were in the headspace and the reality of where this is gonna continue to be. But Yeah, but I, uh, I still think like I'm I I think it's come farther than I thought it would, and I think it's held held pretty well, to be honest. Like 
maybe more. Dude, than I, I sold. I to. saw that shirt sell for a hundred dollars. Like someone had that in Pittsburgh for like a hundred bucks, you know. So the genie selling for a thousand now is still way more than what market was, in my opinion. You know, we're like, still. What, what about the, what about the spectrum of the whole business though? Because you know, we were looking at the whole picture then, and that was like a one shirt that was kind of like, oh shit, this is crazy. But then you're like, the whole market was blowing up at that point. And, you know, the market is still super strong today. Sure, it's fluctuated, but, like, compared to then, where, like, what do you think of the market now? Well, then, um, it's a great question. It, it's still way, it's still way higher than I ever expected, just like you, Drew. Like, it's still yeah. way beyond what, what I ever thought. Um, but I also feel like, the reality of like people have seen all these shirts like we've seen all this stuff so it's like once you get some sales under it and like people know the whole thing and what was going on before these auctions and like with me with marvel was i knew there was this underground market of people like and i connected with them became friends you know so this was going on way before auctions it just was happening in the dms with multiple parties or with people that knew what the active bid was and what the for sale price was. But um, it was so new and it opened so many people's eyes to like think people that didn't experience that. And they yeah. got a little bit too consumed with like the clout of it, in my opinion of like having that thousand dollar shirt just to have it, but not really loving it. Like I've loved every thousand dollar shirt I had. I loved it. I didn't want to sell it. And that's why I sold it for what price I did, you know? Yeah. Well, that's good, man. I like that motto. Um, if you're going to spend okay. $1,000 on a shirt, you better like the shirt is what I'm saying. Like, I can't yeah, just 100%. buy something, and, you know? And some of those people that, like, we talked about back then did lose, you know? They, they're the losers who bought all this stuff at that hype because they, all they cared about was the hype or the, or the monetary value. And a lot of that stuff went down, you know? And and a lot of those guys don't care though, because they're collectors and they don't care. Like they would have bought the shirt because they bought the shirt, you know. Yeah, but like before we get right. off this topic, which is you know right. I want to keep moving on. There's a lot to talk about, but Shirt Check is the guy that bought that shirt, right? Mm -hmm. That guy is like ghosted the the, the 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 world. I I don't know. I haven't heard a peep from this guy. You know, I don't know him personally, so like I'm not trying to throw shade on this guy at all. Like I don't know right, what he's right. about. I I spoke to him a lot at that point. And people Super nice remember, guy. he yeah, he came on like Chris's live once. He auctioned off like a rap tee on one live, like after that thing, right? <laughs> Didn't he give I away the genie? Or did he did he give away a genie or give he it give away the steal? Yeah, he gave away the genie. Okay, no, that's what it was. For free. I think it was for free. Damn. And he he so he sent me so many messages. We had a lot of chats because I wanted him to be on the show. And, and he had some grand plan. But the grand plan at the time, to me, was so hard to understand, <laughs> and it was like it was like written in like cryptic code or some shit. Yeah. And I don't know what he's happened to him. Capital. He's venture capital. Yeah. he talks in he talks in different lingo. Yeah, he comes from <laughs> yeah he comes from like a New York venture capital background. But still, I mean, like I talk to some of those guys sometimes, and I can understand. I don't. I just was like, I don't know. But anyway, I guess what I was trying to get at with that is <laughs> know, like, where. Right. Where are you at now, dude? Like, come on, come on the show. Like, tell us what you're up to. Like, you're supposed to drop some magical, not magical, but some big plan that, that never happened. So, like, I guess my question is, like, 
did he just fade away or is he still behind the scenes like working on some big plan? I don't know. I think he's still behind the scenes. I haven't um, talked to him in a while. He always was super nice, bought yeah. some stuff from from us. Um, but he, I, there's a lot of stuff that's going on, dude. Like it's, there's so much underground talk and like, there's a lot of shit happening behind the scenes in these big things, like big things. And um, people are and when we talk on, big, like, yeah, when we talk big things, you're probably talking like the world of like tech development, the world of like bigger right. picture projects, the world of yeah. fucking like people who want to open like 50 stores. Like this is like what right. we're talking about. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I bet that some of these guys are going to get involved with that being behind the scenes. But um, everyone could use some capital, right? Yep. That's for sure. And if, <laughs> and if you have the, if you have the team behind you and the, means to push it and you have the the organization and you already have the model down like how you guys do i mean i'm working towards that but you know like yeah this this venture capital is a whole beast of its own so like i'm i'm involved in that world now and for people listening who don't know what that is venture capital is just is is people like companies that are investing there's venture capital companies that just invest in other companies and they basically like like BlackRock is venture capital, right? Mm-hmm. They're buying up the whole fucking world, essentially. Everything, <laughs> but, everything. But there's lots of different venture capital companies and, and companies who want to get venture capital will go out and get these like, uh, they're called like fractional CFOs or something where their only job is to like get venture capital funding. And so many companies out there run solely on venture capital for like, Years and years and years before they even turn a profit. Like, I don't even know if Uber has ever made a profit. They're still probably running on fucking venture capital. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I'm interested. Now you got my head spinning. I'm like, what are these guys doing? What's going on? Like, uh, a lot, know, probably. It's, yeah, it's interesting. So who's, who's fucking mixing up the witch's brew behind the scenes and going to come out and blow our minds next, you know? I don't know. The guy down in uh, Atlanta is the goat, though. Uh, Anthony, uh, good times. He uh, he's the one that carried the whole streetwear sneaker vintage model. Kind of ran with it, um, and seems like he knows exactly what he's doing. But there are good a lot of ATL. Things. So that's like you're talking good times ATL. Mm-hmm. How many stores do they have? He's opening a new a new one, and it like oh, is going to open in like a week, and it'll probably be like look like mine. And it took him a week, you know. But mine took a year and a half. So <laughs> well, that's what happens <laughs> when you have two people. Two, two um, people, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> uh, we, this this is going to be very unscripted episode, which I love because you're like we talk quite a lot, um, and I could talk and, forever. Yeah, I consider you like one of my good. You're the homie friends yeah. in this business. Like we chat, and we, I'll shoot you. You're, you're always you've always been good with me about like helping me out on pieces that I don't know about or vice versa, I, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for that. Appreciate you. Um, and, and I've been buying from you. Okay. I got to, I got to do a little segue here. I've been buying from you. How is that experience of me buying from you? Great, dude. I've been, it's been fantastic. It's easy. You're mad chill. Um, and I hope you make some money and I hope <laughs> thank you. Con- continue doing it. You know, it's been great. Yeah. Hell yeah. So thank you for that. And I'm using that as a little um, a little commercial to the listeners, okay? I'm looking for more people. 
I am buying like across the board, all grades, and I'm buying like heavy for Frankie. So anybody out there listening to this, you if you have any capacity to wholesale quantity, even like smaller quantities, but it's got to be some quantity. Um, I'm your guy. I'm a buyer. Hit me up. Hit me up in the DMs. We'll put you in our database. We'll send you the buying list. We can work something out. I can come see you. We can do Zooms, whatever we got to do to make it happen. But I'm putting out the open invite. Anybody listening, if you want to sell me goods, hit me up. And I'll just say this is if you're not doing some, if you can, and you're not doing some form of wholesale, I highly recommend do at least, at least it, kind of introducing it into your business and seeing where it can go. Um, and also just being fair with the buyer and understanding like that, Hey, they need to make their margins. Even if their margins, even if they're going to put stuff at higher than you're selling it in store, don't sell it to them for an absorbent price because you think they can get this number, just pay it. So it's what you would sell at an event or whatever, you know, you have your five and your $10 pile. Someone in New York may be able to make 50, 60 bucks for it, whatever you're, you're putting it for $10, sell it to them for $5 a piece and get it moving, you know, because people just sit on so much stuff. And like, I'm, I'm one including, but like, think about where you can go to scale your business and working with these guys is easy and he makes it super simple on what he needs. And if you can provide that, it's 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 cake. So I that highly suggest what's it. up. Yeah, hell yeah. Thank you. Hit me up. Hell I'll yeah. send you the list. It's very clear. We can do business. Mm-hmm. So we're already 15 minutes into this episode. And my first question for you, which I'm just getting to now, Great. which I love the organic vibe we're going with here. Perfect. Okay. If you were a baseball player and you're about to walk up to the plate and you could put any song on your like hype song. What's it going to be, Sean? What do you got? I'm a Pittsburgh, I'm, I'm Pittsburgh born and raised. Love, love the city. Um, there's a song that we played a lot in high school called bust down by Wiz Khalifa. It was on Princess city too. Probably would be bust down. It just has a crazy, like, beginning the like a, a synth type uh rhythm to the bass and the bass the 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 beat is great uh, or young and on his grind Wiz khalifa any mac miller song i do some kind of pittsburgh shit for sure yeah hell yeah nice pittsburgh. so pittsburgh pittsburgh's kind of popping man it's uh you know it's crazy and i don't see it it's it's not on the world stage. It's not like a fashion no. town, you know, but it's like, a, you know, it's a blue collar working person city, right? Um, lots of sports there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's also popping for vintage. And t- tell us about the city. Tell us about the scene, like uh, how it's grown and changed and what's going on there. It's, it's really incredible, dude. The, the, here's the best way to say it. When I opened the first store, this is pre-COVID, I still had to explain to people like why they're buying a pre-owned old t-shirt, you know, this and that. Nowadays, secondhand shopping in general is so popular and everyone is thrifting that a new store opens almost every month in Pittsburgh. And it could have such a huge variety of just being like thrifted goods, secondhand goods, thrift shop stuff, knickknacks, whatever. Or be a super premium, high-end, 
not necessarily super premium, but a premium store. Everything's well curated, picked out, you know, weekly, weekly drops. But I have a lot of good friends doing great stuff here. We all work together for the most part. Um, Siri, there's heavy comp. I mean, the competition is no joke, like the most competition ever. And it's every day a new person's popping up. But I'm here for it. I welcome competition. Um, hopefully we can work together and hopefully I can be on a stage to help everyone out at some point. I think I will be. Um, but people have to also understand that and be able to work with each other. That's the, our, our biggest issue. There's a lot of events happening right now. Only some of them are put on by actual vintage stores or sellers. A lot of them are put on by uh, people that have been doing this for a long time in Pittsburgh, putting on events for antiques and collectibles. And about two years ago, I started doing a show with my buddy and it, we were the only vintage clothing vendor. And now it's the next year they had 200 applicants. This year they had 200 applicants. Now it's half clothing and half collectibles and uh, you know homemade goods and all that. So we need more events here. We need more um, opportunities for sellers that are just getting into it. But I also don't want junk being thrown out all the time. I think there's a time and place for those things at events. And people work really hard to bring curated stock to areas. So it does get interesting, like where the flea market dynamic mixes with curated premium goods. Um but yeah, great things are happening here. I'm I'm very excited for it. But you you have to be ready for the ride and understand it's not it's not easy anymore. You can't just get into the game the way you could. You know, it's a lot harder. Yeah, a lot harder. Totally. Yeah, I yeah. think that goes goes for everywhere, man. Everywhere. Yep. But that's just how it is now. You got to stay one step ahead. You got to collaborate more. You got to work together, and you got to find your find your lane. Absolutely. So it's interesting what you said about the markets and, you know, needing more, but also about the line between a flea market and a cure, like a thrift con or something, mm -hmm. or like, and then like an inspiration, like, yeah, sure. Faded. They're all just markets or faded, but yet they're all a little bit different. Right. And where does the line get drawn between a flea market and like, I don't know, like a curated market. Thrift shop. I guess. Thrift shop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, cause I, I look at like ThriftCon is like the ultimate vintage market uh, to, to mm -hmm. me. And I think best. they've done it. They've done it the best. They're probably the most household name in it. Now mm -hmm. they're almost been to most, a lot of cities around America. Have they been to Pittsburgh yet? No, no. Pittsburgh's not even on the map. No, <laughs> that's too bad. What? I mean, they're going to Portland. Like that's not even a big town. I'm, I think I'm going to drive down there. It's like next this month. Yeah, but they have like this book. Like it's like so much shit gets sent to Portland. There's so many of those like shipping stations and Nikes there, and they just have a different like definitely a rag town. But also, I mean, like like we're saying, Pittsburgh is now on. Dude, the map shit would pop for East Coast. People would yeah. be people would be shook. Like if ThriftCon came here, they would be like, "Wow! Like we just did. We sold ten thousand tickets. Like what just happened? You know." Pittsburgh, like the market is here a hundred percent. I do better at a lot of Pittsburgh markets than I've done in all across the, not the world, but the U S yeah. By far. So 
I, I like that like that too. So that, that's a good point that like you don't have to fucking be in LA or you don't no. have to be in New York to make big money. It's stupid to think that. And you almost it's almost a false um, sense of, of success because you pay more to do good in those places. Mm-hmm. So you actually take home less. Right. Success is I mean, success is your whatever people use as a definition of success. But, you know. The only money you ever make is the difference between your expenses and your gross sales, right? So if your expenses are high, you're you're fucked anyway. The reality, though, Drew, and I'll, just to flip that, is you have traveled and put your time in, and you're st- still able to do it with how the business is structured now, and have probably more fun than you ever did with it. But I wouldn't be where I'm at if I didn't make those risks. If I didn't go like to, to go out and, and yeah. drop four grand before I even landed and be like, oh, damn, like I better have a good show or, oh, damn, I better go and meet like like. It happens organically if you're a good if you're just put good vibes out, but like and good energy, but traveling to these places changed my entire life and I didn't make money at them. But those experiences are why me and you are like if it, if, if I didn't meet you skating at the what's the what's the motel the saga which we're still going to get blackout drunk at one time i'm just like we're getting smacked Uh, i'm buying a keg next time i go to california okay but anyways and jumping in the pool butt naked but uh yeah but i met him i met him skating in california he just thought i was some punk selling vintage tried to tried to get me on some teas now i'm just joking but he (laughs) But he, but we wouldn't have. Like, yo, who the fuck is this kid? Yo, this is the saga, man. This is my turf. I'm a kid. I'm a kid from. I drove with you in your van to inspiration. Like, I wouldn't have been there without making the risk. Yeah, you know. And I, I think what you're saying. Well, I know what you're saying, and I think that's important too. Which is sort of the long play. Those moves Mm -hmm. are the long play of the business, right? Going to something to make connections. Going to something to get your name out there. Going to something. To sort of, and also to get inspired as well. Inspired, you'll see, you'll see different things. So I think you're right; those are important. But yeah, meeting no, Earthling changed important. my life, dude. Meeting Earthling changed my entire life. And what I'll about that? Be. What, like, explain that? Because they're just organic. Like, they're just organic. Be like, it just it comes if you're if you put out good energy and you're just. Hey, you're not focused always. Like it, it comes if you're so focused on making money and that's all you're worried about, you're not going to be happy in the, in, in the end of it. But if you just kind of like let it like along for the ride, just hey, I when I used to go and travel, I was never thinking about connections and all these things. But you meet people and you see how they move and they tell you they they teach you things that you never would have thought about. And they, I mean, they just are willing to do it, do whatever it is. They would, they would spend every dollar in their bank account to do something right. And that's the, that's the difference is like, you have to really believe in what you're doing and see the long term, see, see the, the path 10, 20 years down the line. You know, I wasn't thinking like that. I was thinking the next day, every time. Yeah. A lot of people are thinking the next day, man. Yeah. I interrupt this episode to bring you, this very special announcement. What you are watching is the free 45-minute version of the episode. This episode in its totality is two hours long. 
if you want to watch it ad-free, uninterrupted, what you're going to do is you're going to join the YouTube channel, link down below if you're watching on YouTube, or you're going to jump on the Patreon, link down below in the show notes. On the Patreon, you get a free seven-day trial. So watching this and listening to this episode is completely free. After that, it's just five bucks a month. It goes towards production of this show and everything we're doing here. Yes, you have to pay for the full episode, but it's an education into the world of vintage, the magical, mystical world of vintage. So join here on YouTube or jump on the Patreon for the full episode. And if you're already on there, I appreciate you guys so much. Oh, and it's, it's hard. It's hard to uh, think beyond the next day when the next day is rent due or the next day is you got to make money for food. And it is no joke right now. No joke. You know? And I think yep. that's important, right? But I think there's like a balance where like you should always be just try to give like the future a little bit of energy, even if it's only 5% to start, like give the, give the real future that much energy and then build more as like you become more stable and put more into it because that's when you'll see like the big returns like year over year. You know? Yeah. I mean, this is 10 years down the line for me, like maybe a little bit more, six years full time. It's not overnight by any means. Like it's in, and I, there were moments where I wanted it to be overnight and I tried to push it. And I saw that happen with sneakers and with losing money and with this and that. But if you just focus on what you're believing and your path and it, it'll, it'll work out, you know? Yeah. Something I've been working on a lot lately with like my teams of people and like myself, my wife, all kinds of things, but yeah, is like the concept of, um, you can only control what you can control. Right. And a lot of times we go into, uh, we go into our days or our, like our jobs or our work with like sometimes really like a really overwhelmed brain. Right. We go in mm -hmm. and we're thinking about like, so much at once there's so much going on in our lives there's so much going on in our business and it's like that kind of mentality can stunt action right because you're like fuck i have too much going on i don't know what to do right now and i don't know where to start. i shut down i don't want to do anything yeah. when that happens i shut down exactly so what i've been working on is like not worrying about the macro when i say macro like the big picture we're like take on tasks take on like issues or whatever you want to call them. Like we have, we're working on this right now and we're going to talk about this and we're going to make one decision and then we're going to, or we're going to make a few decisions and then we're going to make, we're going to make actions that we know we have to take in this one area and then just do that and only focus on that. And then you can come back to like the big picture stuff at a later time and then re re sort of digest it and then make more decisions again. But you can't always be thinking the big picture in every task or you get so fucked in your brain. That was kind of confusing the way I put that, but I guess the, the the main takeaway is like come back to earth, think about the micro, take like things you need to work on in 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 bite sized pieces, and then take action on them, and then forget about it until you need to make another decision and another action. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I do boards now and cross and cross them out with just everyday ta tasks. The importance of um, getting organized health and uh family and organization is, is like my main goals the the next upcoming years but you can't you can never get but you, you can keep working on it every day and it's just like cleaning 
you'd rather clean five minutes a day than have to take your entire Sunday and clean. Just think about that. Hey, I have some really pressing thing that needs done on Sunday. But if I do all these things throughout the week that I can take care of it on, then I have a blank slate, whatever it may be. I can, I can do my other things. But, um, in this industry, it's extremely difficult because we're taking on so much at once. And a lot of us are the sole proprietors of our business. And we're in charge of every aspect of that business. Break it down into into smaller areas and maybe that will help you. Maybe you work better just with everything being a part of and you just, you know, picking at picking it out. But I, I do know a lot of people struggle with it. And um, I'm just at the beginning of it, guys. So people that are listening to this, I'm along for the ride with with y'all. But it, I'm trying to work on it. Yeah. Yeah. And even myself, dude, like it's years and years and years of doing this and I'm still working on this shit and, and you learn new things all the time and you learn what works for you. You just got to keep trugging along and keep trying new things. That's the something I listened to about growth mindset was like a growth. We all use that word. Like or we all have heard that term growth mindset. And we all think that we like have it. But then this podcast was like breaking it down. This is Huberman, right? Huberman's a man. This, um, but he he talks about it like it. All it is really is uh, taking making adjustments from things that didn't work and moving forward and adjusting mm-hmm. and going again and adjusting and going again and adjusting and going again until it works out. And or and I mean and that keeps happening throughout your life throughout your business. It's like that is the gross mindset. You just have to keep. Keep fucking going. And he's talking about taking the risk of failure right there. He's talking about taking risks, but learning from them and bouncing back right. instead yeah. of saying, of oh, this didn't work out. I'm done. So it's another thing. That's that's very so, Yeah, this is so funny you say that. Something that happened to me recently. So I'm not going to say names, but somebody in my business, we got into like a deep chat, right? You know, I have like deep talks with like my management team because I got it. It's like they're like the backbone of this business, right? And we got to the bottom of something where the fear, the fear of failure was holding her, was holding them back from doing an action that they know that they needed to be successful in the role. So it's, it's like this fucked up catch 22 because it's like by not by, by being scared of failure to take the action to do what we know is needed. You're also at risk of Failing. Not doing it you're at failing all. to take yeah. the action. So it's like you're failing either way. You better you might as well take the action and fail than to not have tried at all because like we know we need that. So so and and then at least once <laughs> you've done one action, you can learn, like we said, with the mindset and go on to the next action. But if you're not gonna do it in the first place, you've already fucking failed. It's it hard like, though. And I think some of yeah. people don't realize they're doing that. And I we had to like get to the bottom of that, and then she's like, Oh shit, you're right. Like like it was like this. We should How many? What's revelation. your average age of employee for your employees? I mean, for like retail staff, it's retail, young. retail staff. Yeah, like retail staff, it's got to be like 18, 18 to 24. To yeah, yeah 24. in that range. My management team is all uh, mid to like early 30s, mid 20s. Well, think about the world that they grew up in, it's so different. You know, hundred percent COVID 100%. during their like the biggest part of their youth, and 
having to compete with social media and these false pretenses of what is success and what is beauty. And it's a, it's a crazy, uh, life, you know? It is man. So yeah. Good luck when you start hiring all your store staff. That's why uh, I, that's why I got two people. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to call me. If you ever need advice on, uh, Bro, you may hire me before I hire someone. <laughs> management, <laughs> uh, management of people. You hit me up, and we'll we'll, we'll talk it through, buddy, because it'll come. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's definitely a different world. But I but I don't. Sometimes people love to use that as an excuse of why they can't find good people, and yeah. I don't live in that world either. I, I there's great people out there. Yes, they've grown up differently. Yes, it's a different world, but there's still a way to be successful in managing great people in this world. Well, I'll say this real fast. There's I, a lot of people message me like they want, they want to work, they, you know, this and that we will be hiring once we're open. I appreciate the patience. Um, there's one person in mind already. And I'll tell you why for people that are, that are listening. Number one, you need to be a hustler and have decision-making skills to not have to ask me every freaking question. I'm just letting you know, <laughs> you, I, I don't care if it's necessarily wrong, but you have to be willing to at least try. Secondly, family is really important to me. You're going to be joining my family here, but I also, um, it helps if, um, you just have some empathy and like thought and stuff like that. So, so those are really my my two main things, and then everything else I think can be picked up to a degree if you have some background in sales and in retail and all those things. It's a it's a bonus if you can talk to anyone. That's a huge bonus. I would love for you to be able to talk to everyone, um, and just have a good heart. But it'll come, and just have some patience, especially with the store and with us. Uh, we want to open and be able to breathe. It's been a crazy year and a half. I want to start slow and just kind of see where it comes. So. That's the goal. Start slow and kind of see where, where things go. It's awesome, man. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the store. So we know you all kind of spoke about your previous store and we kind of touched on that. And the first time we, we talked a lot, the first episode, yeah, years, years ago. And you had closed that store when COVID hit and it never actually reopened. Mm -mm. Still in the building though. Building's still there. Okay, so you own it's, the building. Tell us about the building. What's going on with it? it? Nothing? Well, we like it's totally cleared out in terms of um, like all the decor and all those things is down. It won't reopen as a physical store, most likely. Um, I'm using it as, as storage and trying to kind of figure out the next realm, whether to rent it out or go down, go to have a different play with, with what I'm doing with the building. But um, that's more of a long term goal. But yeah, we just used it the whole time to do all those lives, dude. I did all my lives out of there. I did all my my shipping, all my organ, my everything out of there. So it was still great, even though it was closed. Um, but yeah, it's small small area, not enough space, and we'll see where that goes. And now you have this crazy space that you're saying could be a 200 person office. Which what's the square relatively? Footage? Because there's an 11,000 11, square foot building, my buddy's building in Lawrenceville, and they're putting 400 employees in it. So if you cut it in half, I could put 200 desks in here, realistically. You know? Yeah. So your place is like 6,000 or something or 5,000? Probably a little bit over six because there's a, I'm in the bottom. So there's a top floor entrance. 
And then it goes down. It was a, a dollar store back in the 30s. So it used to be all built out department store. And it was one big building. The building itself is massive. It's like 30,000 square feet. But we they have, have two, they couldn't have had dollar stores in the 30s. You mean department store? It was called the, it was a five and dime. Um, ah, so it's like okay. what the department store was. It was five cents and 10 cents or what the dollar store was five cents and 10 cents. Okay. But they cool. sold like records and like fish down here. They had aquariums down here. And like then afterwards it was a hair studio and then it was a wrestling studio when we moved in. So there were like red massive heavy ass mats over the whole thing with like it was great. We had to do construction on the entire thing. Way more work than I expected. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you've had this place now. You got to give the story. You've had this place for a year. How long? So a year and a year. It'll be when we open. It'll be a year and a half. Originally, we were going to open the cafe area and the top floor, and I announced it like next month we're going to be opening. Like next month, you'll be hearing. And then um, I can I'll be transparent. I signed a contract with a pop shop, a live selling on a live selling app, and I had to do 20, 20 hours a week with them under the contract, and. Um, it took up so much time because I was legitimately putting out a hundred new pieces every show, two days a week, selling almost all of them and then going out and like, how the fuck do I fill a 6,000 square foot store if I'm selling like 300 items a week? Yeah. Like, it's like I was selling more then than I was selling during the like pandemic and stuff like, you know, so that helped us grow and we decided, okay, Let's actually take the time, move the entire old store out, move everything out, use this as kind of a warehouse operating space and do the whole thing. Because I didn't have the funds. That, I mean, this thing was built one T-shirt at a time. Like I could not have done this without growing for a year. It would have yeah, been like totally. it would have been done, but it wouldn't have been done like right. You know, so how close are you to being done right now? Uh, I'd say it's 80 percent. So is, is there is, is there actual construction still needed or just like finishing no. touches? No, it's just it, it's just uh, it's a lot. Of, I got my inventory management system. I uh, have to get everything implemented into that and decor and then just like a big like mop down like of all the floors and dusting and then we'll be good. We'll be open this month. Originally, when you guys messaged me about the podcast, I was like, oh, OK, cool. Like this may be the intro to like the stores open tomorrow but this will be out on friday i think right so how do you like that i have i have a, my i have a uh, uh i don't want to call him my secretary shout out matt i <laughs> love he, it i'm so jealous i'm so jealous <laughs> he hit you up to do the podcast love it your okay, boss sweet. he was nice that's in the what DM the dons would bro the dons would have their wives that would that would greet with coffee so just in case they're about to get shot that at least hey the wife handed me some coffee i can't shoot the guy Good I work, need to Good work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do. You do. Uh, well, that's exciting, dude. The store's store's close. You say you're going to open this this month. Stoked for that. Um, yeah, you got to come out. That's a huge I, undertaking. Yeah, I want to come out. I've been telling you I want to come out, and I think I'm going to do it. I actually here. looked. I looked recently. I got like a shitload of air miles, so I'm kind of like, hmm, maybe I'll just hop a fucking flight, go see Sean. Let's go, baby. The Jeff Bezos of vintage. <laughs> yeah let's go i'm not gonna take a rocket <laughs> ship but i'll get there somehow oh dear god how do you feel about 
a 6,000 square foot store once you open and keeping that thing stocked. I guess like stock. So like that's fucking huge. You know, I think my store, my store to put this into context, F is in Frank, if anybody's been there is fully 3000 square foot, but that includes like, but we, we take a thousand ish square feet for the back, which is considered the rag machine. And we sectioned it. So my front of my store is probably only 18, like for my actual Epperson Frank yeah. retail. So that's – you're over three times the size of my store, which is big. And we stock a lot of clothes, right? So I know you're going to be like – there's going to be a lot of rackage in there. I think it will be ten over 10,000 items the opening day. Yeah. It should, so give, well, the, there's, give the deets. Where, where, what, look, what area is it in and stuff? Uh, yeah, it's in Aetna, PA. It's like probably about, I don't know, seven minutes from downtown, uh, right off the exit. Small town. There's a lot of good things happening here right now. A yoga studio is about to go in. Next to us, a brewery is almost done across the street. There's already a real good restaurant called Rear End and uh, some good local bars and stuff. The food's great down here. Uh, a lot of bar food, but good American food. Small, uh, I keep saying small town, but my family's actually from Sharpsburg. My grandma was, they originally hunkered down in Sharpsburg uh, back in the 60s. And that's right next to us. So I have a lot of roots here. Um, I want to be a part of helping to shape the landscape in in the uh, in the town down here and hope, hopefully helping it grow as a whole. So we'll have everything from, you know, $5 items up to premium goods Actually, one half of the shop will be when Drew and I were talking about these um, these these events and like thrift shop style events and then a premium. One half of the store is going to be all th- type thrifted styled items, cool items that nowadays it's you know, they're expensive at the Goodwill and you can't even find them. But. There'll be cool stuff over there, and then we'll have a whole premium section, Pittsburgh section, everything. But it's all going to be based um, by it's it's all organized by by genre or branding, and there's a lot of signage and stuff like that to help you guys. Just just picture like a big department store and how you see where the polo section is, where the fragrances are, whatever you know. We have a design that way, uh, just like a department store, and that's the the vibe is Macy's for vintage. And you built that out all yourself, my girl. I mean, Maddie is like she built every, like the dressing. She did the construction on like everything. She's yeah. way more handy than I am. Yeah, way more handy. Her and path. Are calling like, it? Are you calling it Monarch? I should rename it uh, like Monarch, like department or something, but. It'll probably stick, uh, stay as Monarch Studios. I don't. I mean, I don't want to like have to do the whole Instagram thing again. And we have yeah, a good following on there. Yeah, but Sweet. also it is good. I don't know. Like, there's, there's, it's a double edged sword, you know. Like, I mean, I guess. But what's the, what's the downside that people will be like, we don't want to see personal branded stuff. We only want like the store. But everybody wants personal branding now. So I don't right. know what the downside would be. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it'll change. I mean, all my email, everything's already hooked up to the name. I probably won't change it. Yeah, yeah. And are you going to do vendors in there, or is it all going to be you? So yeah. So I, I think we originally and shout out to Drew because Drew actually like checks in. 
He's a good dude. Just like checking in on me. Sometimes I think people um, will take that the wrong way, but you were actually just like looking out, like just like these Canadians though. And the older, <laughs> the older generation, the way they text is sometimes a little bit startling. Like I know you guys, like your mom and dad, sometimes you get a text in the morning, like call me. And it's like, nothing bad happened they're just asking you like what's up or something you know so no that's uh, just me that's not even canadian thing that's just me being super short and you're uh, dad busy so i just yeah no also while we're talking about on the topic just call me if you need to talk to me i hate texting but anyways um Yeah. yeah it's it's too there's too much shit going on but anyways um what was the question uh about vendors yeah, so originally we were thinking about putting like having this be more of a community space, and I think eventually it may grow into that. Um, there, it, the hard thing is, is when you're working with so many different personalities on something that's like your baby, it's a little bit more difficult to um, to do. I, if I would have done a vendor space, thinking back on it. I could have like done this space, but just not brought any of my stuff in and just tried to like have it more space like that. But I do want to do weekend events and I also want to bring people in all the time. The top four will be mainly four individual pop-ups. You'll have access to probably like 750 square feet. It'll be the ground level. Your branding can be there. Everything can be a part of it. You have a whole storefront to yourself if you wanted to do it. So that's going to be kind of where my focus is, is, Hey, if you want to have the top four, um, but down here will be ours for a little bit. So you have, you have this huge downstairs and then you have Mm -hmm. another space that's storefront upstairs. Yeah. So that's the whole, the, the entryway, um, it has, it has a double stair stairwell, but there's big areas on both sides where we have racks and stuff like that set up. So you won't have to bring in racks. We have hangers if you need them. We can do everything, mannequins. Like we can, we can help and assist with your pop up if you want that to be a part of it. And then when you walk down, there's um, it's probably seating for about forty people, and there's a wet bar for uh, for food vendors. So we want to have a bunch of food vendors come in and coffee and everything and then on sundays we're going to be having our own cafe called the one day cafe and that'll start just every sunday as soon as we open um but i love food guys like food and my grandma had a restaurant for 20 years i want to have a restaurant at one point when i'm way more successful but um it definitely is a passion project i would love to have food be implemented and everything you know pastries and things that go along with my life. So you're telling me you have a, this full wet bar. It has it has kitchen equipment in it. No, we would need to put a grease trap in to have a commercial kitchen. Would have yeah, to put okay. a grease trap. It, there's um, I mean, there's refrigerators and a freezer, but it would it would have to be people that have commercial uh, kitchens and licenses with the city uh, or local businesses that are just mad chill and they could use our seating and have uh, bring in a food and stuff. Yeah, but, okay. Yeah, yeah but. Yeah. I, it would be too involved. It's, um, hey, venture capital. Long, long, long Someone terms, wants let's to go. Invest, <laughs> yeah. Holler at your boy. Yeah. There you go. I, there you go. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you just came. Okay, okay, we're at we're at like the the forty five minute mark ish here. I want to. I want to go in. Well, no, no, we're gonna keep going. You don't got to go okay, anywhere, good. do you? 
Yeah, we're not we're nowhere gonna, to go. But I, I may have to, to smoke a joint at some point, though. <laughs> Get on it. I want to do the contest for the listeners of the YouTube or the viewers of the YouTube. So Sean's got something for you guys. What do you got? So this is which one we're doing the question, um, the challenge question or, or a the, comment, something they got a comment in the, on the YouTube. Something they got a comment on the YouTube. Oh, so here, which, let me try and think how I can word this again. Which aspect of vintage will be more hype? The COVID t-shirt boom or the true vintage era that we're about to embark in? And I don't know how to word that, but it's like, which is going to be crazier? The, the pandemic t-shirt or the true vintage? True vintage or 90s t-shirts? Like, what do you think is going to be, is going to come out on top? That's, yeah, interesting that a, question. Yeah, it's it's cool, man. It's definitely thought provoking. You know, we definitely are entering this. Uh, that totally works. So, yeah, we want you guys to comment down below. What do you think will be a bigger boom in the world of vintage? The '90s T-shirt through COVID boom, or what we're about to get into, like you're saying, and we are sort of in is this true vintage boom, and a lot of the people from that. First boom are now in the second boom. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so comment down below. Give us your thoughts on that whole thing. Well, that's it, guys. That comes to the end of the free 45-minute version of the show. As I've already said, if you want to continue listening, all you got to do is join on the YouTube page, click the link down below, or jump on the Patreon. Link is in the show notes free seven-day trial on the patreon and then after that it's only five bucks a month so basically you can get on this and listen to this episode for free free seven-day trial hop on there tune in continue the education sean goes on to talk about marvel he gives us lots of tips and tricks uh that will help you in buying and selling marvel teas specifically and lots lots more of great stuff on the two-hour version so Thank you guys again for tuning in. Again, if you want to sell me wholesale, if you're interested to know what I'm buying, what I'm paying, hit me up on Instagram at Drew Heifetz, and then I'll put you in our database and we can jump on um, a call, an email thread, whatever, and get you guys sorted. Thanks again. In the words of Dave Heifetz, be happy, not crappy, and thank you for tuning in.